Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Victoriously Anointed Podcast with me, Lynn Stacey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Stacy. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I hope and pray that it is a blessing to you and for you and that you receive whatever it is that you need from the Lord on today. Um, so today we are meeting with um, pastors, wives, tell all, and they're going to share a little bit of their story. I'm just trying to I'm playing around with the screen right now, trying to make sure what's the best way to put the um, the screen on there. I'm going to move it back to here. <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah. um, can you tell us, uh, can you guys introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about um, yourself and like um, what role, what pastoral role, what um, your husband plays and um, and how long you've been in ministry? So my name is Jenna and my husband's name is Ian and we've been married for 15 years and he started out as a school teacher, but we knew that he would not be a teacher forever. He stepped out into full-time ministry uh, about nine years ago, I believe. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> dates well at all, uh, but he has been a youth pastor. He has been a worship pastor. He's now a discipleship pastor and the production director at our church that we are currently at. And my name is Jessica, and um, my husband's name is Jonathan. We have two beautiful kids, and we have been in ministry for 20 years. Um, we spent the first um, half of our ministry as a youth pastors, and now my husband is the lead pastor at our church here locally where we live. And hi, my name is Stephanie. My husband is Isaac. We've been married for 16 years, and we have been in youth ministry the entire time. We absolutely love it and say we want to do it till we're 80. We have three kids who are crazy, but fun and keep us on our toes. And yeah, we've just been, and the three of us have been doing this podcast thing as well alongside our church ministries for three years. Yeah. So also I have children as well. I just didn't mention them. <laughs> I have but a daughter who's 10. Okay. I have a daughter who's 10. Her name is Addie and I have a son who, who's Avery <laughs> and he's eight. Awesome. So we're all married. We've all been in ministry for a little bit and a little while, uh, a little long. Um, and now I just want to know, like, uh, how did you how did you three become? Let's before we get onto the fact that, you know, what role you play. How did you three become a, a trio? Like, when did you meet? Oh, goodness. OK, so I love telling this story. That's why they're looking at me. We let her tell it. She <laughs> likes it. Okay. She's good at it. So Jenna and Jessica actually knew each other um, several years before I came along. They, I know Jenna's husband actually helped lead worship in the youth group where Jessica and Jonathan worked several years ago. And I know that their friendship had kind of begun, but I came in the picture because I had moved into the, this new city in 2017. I was looking for friends. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I had been just in a season of loneliness and just wanted people in my life. And then God started speaking to my heart about ministering to women and not just women in my church. Like we have the local church, but we are all the church, the body of Christ. And I didn't know what that looked like or what it was he was calling me to, but I just thought women's conference, and it doesn't have to be my church. Like I want to dip into all these different churches in our areas and get multiple women 
um, from all over the city so that we can run this women's conference and just come together as one body. And so I had a friend say, oh my goodness, you know who you need on your team is Jessica Taylor. You need her. She's good at everything. I'm like, well, where is she? Bring her to me. (laughs) (laughs) And so I made that connection with Jessica and Jessica's like, Hey, yeah, she has this heart for women as well. And she hasn't always had a heart for women. (laughs) She'll probably share some (laughs) of that. But when, um, I asked her, she had already been stirring in her heart as well about women. And so we thought, let's do this thing. Well, Little did we know that 2020 would knock all of that off the rails. The women's conference actually never happened, but the friendship began. And then she introduced me to Jenna. The three of us just connected and we realized that all of us felt like we were different, that as a pastor's wife, we didn't fit the stereotype that you generally picture, like, you know, little angel that plays the piano, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. We, we felt like we just did not fit that mold. And so I looked at each of them at different times and was like, guys, like, what do you think about a podcast? And I was like half joking, but half serious. I was like, we could call it the very worst preacher's wife. And we could talk about like all the things people don't talk about and the hard things and what it's like to feel alone and to like all the struggles we go through. And each of them at different times were like, yeah, maybe we could really make that happen. And I think it was Jessica that ended up coming up with a name. She's like, no, I got it. It's pastor's wives tell all. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And so here we are. And the friendship just, the podcast has actually grown the friendship because I can honestly say these are my two best friends, like in the world. Yeah. Awesome. I, what I like about it, I was like, there's so much in there that I can kind of gain from that. And you say you were in a season of loneliness and that you were looking for some friends and how um, God kind of stepped in there and helped you to find exactly what you needed. And it, it just shows that you don't have to go outside of the body of Christ for what you need. God got everything that you need in, yeah. in there. Yeah. And the and the thing about it is, can I, I'm going to ask a question before I ask my question that I really want to get to. The women's conference that you were planning before 2020 happened, did you um, eventually go back and do it? Have you done it yet? <laughs> so that, that's funny that you asked that. No. But I've had, and it's funny that you're asking this because I just had two other women come to me just recently and say, are we ever going to do that? Are we going to have that women's conference? And so I don't know if God is slowly inserting that back into my life and that that may be a possibility. So there is that it has not been done, but that doesn't mean we're not going to do it. But also I do feel like that God had a different plan Mm -hmm. than the one that we had or that I had for this conference that he wanted us to bring women together. He wanted us to bring the church Mm -hmm. together, but he wanted us to do it through ministry leaders Mm -hmm. and pastor's wives, Mm -hmm. um, bringing them all together in this way with this podcast. So I just, I never would have imagined it would have been this. Pretty much we're doing women's conferences on a small level with our retreats. And when we get to speak, it's just so cool. Like even the dream of the one time at your church, God is like, no, I'm going to take you all over the country and we're going to do it. And so it's, you know, God's, you know, his ways are so much larger than the, the dreams that we can even come up with ourselves. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Exactly. 
when I kind of when I kind of think about this, I kind of see it like, you know what? God brought you together before a crisis started. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's in like those crisis situations that we really begin to develop those deeper bonds with the, with people around us. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're wanting to um, start this women's conference um, is amazing to me because the thing about it is he, he allowed you to form a relationship in your personal life before you yeah. begin to minister to women on a larger scale. It's like when you really begin to consider God, he always puts things in order. We have our own plans, like you were saying, and then God just has a way of just bringing everything together in his plans and his time. And, and I really do hope it does come to pass. And you say you were starting something smaller, like women's retreats, and he's been taking you all over and everywhere. And it's women are everywhere that need help. And so uh, I believe it's a blessing. Thank Uh, you. Yeah, most definitely. So you guys do plan on still doing it. We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. And I'm pretty sure he's gonna put. He's gonna stir it up and on in there. You can't resist them. So true. Yeah. So, and this kind of brings me to my next question: Why is it not only important to be connected to the kingdom, um, to people in the kingdom, but also connected to those who have the similar role and responsibility as you? I think so that they don't feel alone. Yeah. You know, as pastors, wives, and ministry leaders, we, we're learning that there are so many of us that feel alone. And so to know that you're not alone, like that's that's so important for people to know. Yeah, I think as pastor wives, I think God had to put it in our hearts um, because he, he sees the need before we even do. Yeah, And he's, he brought, he, all three of us have been through a lot of, you know, people hurting us, um, you know, wanting us to step out of the church for reasons just because of that hurt. And then the loneliness and then the friendships and everything that happens. And it's beautiful now. It wasn't beautiful then when it was (laughs) happening, but it's beautiful now that God, as he says, he will use the worst things in our lives Mm -hmm. for his glory and for his honor. And so Mm We are able to, when we get those DMs from those pastor wives and those ladies, and we get to hear that they're going through the same things that we've already been through, or we might be going through again. And it's it's uniting us all together, but not only pastor wives, but ministry leaders in general, pastors listen in and mm. need to hear these things, but also the church needs to hear. So we really, it's just a very broad, we want everyone to know that we are the same. Do not put us on a pedestal and mm. do not put our husbands on a pedestal. Right. That pedestal is only meant for Jesus. And so we have to go back to the basics of treating us just like everyone else and also giving us grace that we're going to mess up. We are going to jack things up sometimes because we are sinners in need of grace and mercy. So, but it's been beautiful to watch and beautiful to make those relationships. He gives us beauty for ashes. And since you kind of brought that up, the fact that you have been um, hurting the church, there was a question that I wanted to ask concerning that. Why keep striving? Why keep going after you've been hurt and still choosing to do what it is that God has assigned you to? Because some people, you know, they've been church hurt and they just walk away. Why do you keep striving towards um, just doing what it is that God calls you to? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things for me, I'll just speak for me personally, because I know they have their things as well, is that I can look at the hurt that happened. And our hurt has happened pretty much up almost, gosh, it was about 15 years of our ministry. 
um, in different churches. And then our last church hurt was really huge. A lot of the city knew about it and we were going through an adoption and it was just really horrible, the things that happened to us. But my husband ended up getting fired. Um, and I will tell you, and for those that are listening, um, I, I was done with the church. Um, and, and again, when I say church, know that I know it's the people. Okay. Um, so with that, I had to step away for a second and it's okay to step away. I think that a lot of times we just think we have to keep going, keep going. And I know that's the question you're asking, but we can also take a step back for a minute and be healed because what happens in, and we see so much in the church today is that the leaders are not going to Jesus, going to counseling and being led and being healed before they step into the next ministry role. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to happen all over again. And we're never learning. So what the beautiful thing is, and when we step out and we go, okay, God, yeah, people hurt us, but he promises that he will fight for us in Exodus 14, 14. And not yeah. only will he fight for us, but he will use that bad for his glory. And so I had to step back and go, God, I'm hurt right now. I'm ready <laughs> to do some damage to the people that have hurt my my husband and our family. But I once I stepped it. back, I had to forgive them on a regular for mm -hmm. years. I mean, I even just saw one the other day, one of the people that hurt us back in the day. And I still have not gotten an apology from any of them. And my husband hasn't either. But I had to look at them and just go greet them because they were trying to hide. But I was like, no, I'm going to go hug them because time has passed. Mm -hmm. I have forgiven I am moving forward. And so when you continue to move forward after healing, God is going to mm -hmm. use that. And he has still got a calling. Paul was in jail and stoned and yeah. all of these things. Uh -huh. He didn't stop. Why do we think we are? You know, and, and <laughs> Jesus and Jesus says that they will, they hated me. They'll hate you. John 15. So we have to know that like we are going to be hated and there are going to be times that are horrible. And, but, but God, but we are called to continue. We're called to carry our cross, not just for until retirement, but all the way until we see Jesus. Mm. That's right. Mm. Any of you, do you guys want to chime in on something that she said before I chime I in? I was just, I was just going to say that it's through those times in those valleys that we are learning very valuable lessons that the Lord is trying to teach us. So I think sometimes when we're going through that church hurt and when we're going through those valleys, we have to remember that not only are we, you know, supposed to worship on the mountaintops, but also in those valleys and That's through right. that, God, we have to ask ourselves like, God, what are you trying to show me in this moment? What are you trying to show me through this season? Mm -hmm. And I think that if we're obedient and sitting at his feet and listening, then we will look back one day and go, okay, God, I see what you did there. Mm -hmm. Amen. Awesome. And sometimes we do have to step back and be like, okay, God, I see. I see the full picture now. I was trying to look at the picture while I was still being painted. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it's, exactly. like it's not until it's finished and that I can that I can see. Yeah. That I can see. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that you mentioned about was healing and that it's okay sometimes to step back and recognize that sometimes I have to heal too, um, yeah. even in um, being over God's people. And so the thing that I kind of... Um, Wanted to also point out, too, that you had to forgive even when people didn't say sorry. Mm -hmm. And why is it so important for us to uh, and I feel like that's I'm going to go back to your mission statement. I went to your website and I read your mission statement. It says to bring unity and truth to the church, one church leader at a time. 
And I feel like part of that is also recognizing that even if someone didn't come back and tell me that I, that they were sorry, I'm still going to forgive them and treat them as a brother or sister in, in Christ. Amen. And why is that important for people to know that sometimes leaders get hurt, too, but they still have to. Um, they're, but they're part of the reason why God, um, how God unifies his church. And yeah. why is that important for us to be able to walk in that unity? Mm, that's good. I know Stephanie can answer this, but I'll answer for, I'll, I'll answer quick first. <laughs> um, I, I definitely think that, um, you know, here's the great, great thing is Jesus says, like, we must forgive to be forgiven. And I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned a long time ago when I was struggling with a family member and hurt that I felt is that I had to come to the realization that forgiveness is sometimes not for that other person. It's for my relationship with Jesus. And so there was a block for a long time in my life because of the unforgiveness that turned into bitterness, that turned into hate. We can choose that life, but we're not going to be at one with Jesus. Because he says, if you have hate in your heart, then you can't have love for God. And so I had to have that conviction set in. And it took a long time because I was so blocked with hate and bitterness. And I think a lot of people today can struggle with that and even walk away from the church because they never dealt, they never were healed um, and never asked for forgiveness Mm -hmm. and also didn't forgive. And forgiveness is a a daily thing. It is not a one-time thing for sure. Absolutely. And I'll add to that. I'm, I went through some hard things as well in the past at a former church, just feeling like I was hated mm-hmm. and that I was not loved by just a handful of people that ended up just spreading. <laughs> like I, I remember thinking, I do not fit in here. They're never going to accept me. I even tried to make things right. I remember I wrote a letter to one person in particular just saying, hey, I feel like I've done something wrong and I really want to make that right. Like, just let me know what I've done. And basically, the only response I got back was just, there's nothing to fix. You're, we're just different. And I was just like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I can't fix it. Um, and then I would it would get back to me that people were talking bad about me behind my back. Um, just... I don't know about silly things or about anything or sometimes just flat out lies. And I could have probably gone to that spot of just super unforgiveness Mm -hmm. and just being angry. But in that time, I think I was more sad than anything. And so what I chose to do is I got a journal Mm -hmm. and I started journaling um, prayers over these people, the ones who were hurting me, one in particular that I felt the most hatred from. I remember just writing pages um, of prayers over her saying, Lord, like there is something not right in her Mm -hmm. life. There's something wrong. She's hurting and she's taking it out on me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Lord, bless her, help her to draw close to you. Because I knew if she would draw close to him, this would be fixed. (laughs) But like without him, it's never going to be like, she's Mm -hmm. never going to see the wrong that she did. And what's crazy is, um, so this is this story is a little different because I did get an apology years later. Um, several years later, after moving to a different city, I get a book of a text message, very long, saying that she now understood basically what she had done to me because it was being done to her. And she says she realized that God had made it, she God showed her that what she had done to me was wrong. 
and she asked for forgiveness. And she said, I know it's a lot better now because at that point, like I had still, I was still friends kind of with the family. And so she kind of was there and I just was trying to always be kind and things had gotten a little bit less awkward. But then she said, I just felt like the Lord is saying, I need to ask for forgiveness. And I think what I learned in that is that when we forgive on our end and when we shut our mouths and we're quiet, mm -hmm. God does fight for us. And sometimes, not we always, do. but sometimes the Holy Spirit will be able to speak to those people yeah. and right. they will be able to hear him instead of just hearing my voice, if that makes sense. So I don't know. It I think it's just sense. important no matter what. It makes sense. And the fact that uh, she was obedient, because sometimes, you know, God will lead people to say, go ask for forgiveness or something like that. And uh, it's that obedience that gets people in trouble sometimes. So thank God that she came back and obeyed um, because that really I'm pretty sure that blessed your life for her to come back and um, apologize. Awesomeness. And something that you say, and I believe this is just so important. <laughs> I actually have a question about prayer, too. So um <laughs> I was just considering the fact that you began to pray for the people that hurt you. And so that's something I feel like, you know, that's something that God has been teaching me to do is the, um, pray for people that hurt you. And then it's been like, I'll forget. And then I have to go back to that same principle that he's taught me before. Pray for the people that have hurt you. Because sometimes I get, I'm telling you, I used to, I get so upset and I'm just kind of like, I'm a little bit like, is it Jessica? And, <laughs> and I'm yeah. just kind of like, sometimes you just want to, you want to hurt the people that yeah. hurt you. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of yeah. like, you can't go to that mindset. You have to go to the mindset of, I have to forgive because if I want God to forgive me, then I have to recognize that I too have wronged and mm -hmm. that I have to forgive. And so um, I, for, I began to pray for the people that have hurt me, I forgive and I move on and I keep on um, moving forward. Um, so that's something that I kind of um, progress in is just moving forward, moving forward. God, we serve a God of a forward motion. He doesn't want us to sit in our pain. He wants us to mm -hmm. overcome it um, and so that we can yeah. be able to share the stories of healing. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was just, well, I guess if, if you guys want to speak more about how um, important it is to, uh, is prayer to what you are doing and vital to the success of the roles that you play as pastor's wives. And so uh, if you guys want to just talk about prayer a little bit and how you have seen how it changed your life and being a pastor's wife and different things like that. Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> so personally, I have dealt with a lot of insecurities, you know, with this role that we're doing with this podcast, the retreats that we're doing, speaking in front of people when it's not just through a microphone <laughs> you know, at our retreats. And God has continuously reminded me that it is not me. I cannot do it alone in my flesh that I need him. And I'll be quite honest. There have been times when we've been at retreats and I have not prayed before we spoke, you know, and I, I felt that insecurity. And I felt all of that, but it is in the times when I am intentional about actually asking him to speak through me and give me his words and not my own, that he moves in such a powerful way. And it blows my mind every time. And it's like a good little kick in the rear because I'm like, well, duh, Jenna, like you asked him to help you today. <laughs> and he did. And I think we forget how, like the access that we have to him on the daily, by minute by minute, we have access to him whenever we want. And so we think that it's not that big of a deal for us to just ask him, you know, but it, but it is like, just ask him to use you, ask him to give you his eyes and his ears every day when you wake up 
and he will, if you ask him, he will give it to you. And so I think that's been so important for me, not just in this ministry that we do together, but just being in ministry as a family together, just asking him to, to show me what he wants to show me every single day and use me just those, that simple, that simple prayer is huge. So it's so important. And you know, when you are in any kind of leadership role in ministry, you can get really caught up in doing all the things. I am doing all these great things that God has called me to. I am helping people. I'm answering those phone calls. I'm getting going, doing, 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 doing. But the problem is <laughs> if all we're doing is doing, which I've gotten to that point where I realize when is the last time I really sat with Jesus mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. listened and prayed and like sought after him. And there have been times, honestly, in ministry where I have felt very far from God. Mm. Like, where are you? Where'd you go? And then I'm like, wait, I've been a little too busy doing what he's called me to do, but then yet I'm ignoring him. Right. I'm not even talking to him. And you can, I mean, that's the same in a marriage or with your kids, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can do nice things. Okay. I can do favors for my husband, but if I never talk to him, if I'm never really spending time with him, then what good is that for our relationship? And I think I've just come to realize, and I think that's any Christian, mm-hmm. but especially ministry leaders, we get real good at doing all the right things, saying all the right things, preaching all the right things, but then we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. We're not sitting with Jesus like we're telling others to do. It's just important. It's good. I was just going to add um, just the battle that we face every single second of every single day. And prayer has meant everything to all of us, to, should to every Christian, um, because we, and also praying scripture back, you know, saying it out loud, it's sharper than a double-edged sword, but do we use the weapons that Jesus has given us? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's so, like, I know that we've struggled a lot with spiritual warfare. I mean, every retreat, every time we go to talk, Every time my husband before Saturday night before my husband gets up to preach, we th- there's always something. There's always this battle raging. And so we have to stay like at the throne room of Jesus and asking him to protect us, to protect our children, protect our minds and our hearts and to pray scripture back um, to him. And um, it's the only thing that can fight. Scripture and prayer, but sometimes, or a lot of times, it's some of the last things that we grab to go to battle with. Um, we grab a friend instead, or we, you know, other things, you know, something that we eat or something that we drink, or um, go just put on Netflix and just completely, you know, forget everything that's happening. We check out, but really, he really wants us to enter in even in those hard times. Um, so then we can move into the next season awesome i want to um i believe that um well you guys all said some really really important things concerning prayer and i just believe that one of the things in my life i, I don't i don't understand how people make it without prayer and so um, it is a very if you don't sit down and you don't communicate with your spouse uh just like you don't communicate with any other person you lose um you lose that connection that connection is something that you said, Jenna, was like intentional. That word intentional, you have to be intentional with God. Yeah. And the word tells us you have not because you you have not because you ask not. And so mm-hmm. we have to 
ask God for it. We have to ask God for it, even for healing. Uh, well, just like yeah. Solomon, uh, Solomon asked God for wisdom so he can know how to um, be over God's people and know what to say yeah. to them. And God blessed yeah. him with that and blessed him with more because he acts um, out of a, a selfless thing um, from just wanting to take a desire to want to take care of the people. Mm-hmm. And so I believe it's it's so important to, to pray and recognize that we have to stay in constant communication with God and warfare. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> this war- real <laughs> it is real it's very real i feel like sometimes i have to go through this um, warfare sometimes just to get like um and i would podcast and maybe light and different things like that but just sometimes to get some of the interviews i noticed sometimes there's a there's a warfare and a battle going on so a few some few days before and i was like i know it's because this has something to do with this uh-huh. podcast i'm like it's gonna come forward it's gonna come through and whatever yeah. needs to be spoken they need to speak out whatever whoever needs to hear it they're gonna be able to hear it yeah <laughs> because i believe that it's just anything dealing with kingdom it's like we have to recognize and realize we have to use our weapons our weapons of defense and staying connected to God is one of the major weapons that we do have. And praise, um, praise is so vital. And so you, um, is it, uh, let me switch to Jessica. Are you the, uh, no, it's Jenna. Your, your, your husband is the worship leader pastor. And how important, um, how important do you think it is for you to, um, I guess be one and one with the worship and different things like that with his calling and um, his ministry. Do you take, uh, do you take it serious being part of like the worship ministry um, mm-hmm. or do you consider yourself a part of it? I'll put it that way too. Yes. Worship has always been extremely important to both my husband and I. Um, we, like I said, started out as a youth pastor, but he also, he also, led worship at the first church that we were doing ministry at. And I'll be honest, like when I first met him and saw that the churches he was leading worship in were excited to be there. They were excited about worship. Mm -hmm. They weren't just standing there, like just looking dead to the world. (laughs) I was like, oh my goodness, because I come from a church, you know, in a background of people being just you know, still and not really acting excited about church. So that was exciting to me, first of all. And so it's always been a huge part of who we are, but I think it is so important. Like I said earlier, that we have to remember that worship is not just, it's not just singing. Mm -hmm. It's not just singing a song. It is, it is anything that brings God glory. So you know, us, us doing this podcast, you know, for his, mm-hmm. is for his glory. That's, right. That's worship. And a lot of people think it's just music and it's so much deeper than that. So I think it's so important for, for us to remember that, that there can be people even raising their hands in worship and they might not even be genuine in it. And so, and that's a good self-check for us too. And me personally, like what Stephanie just said, we, we get so caught up doing ministry and a lot of the time we're just going, 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 and we're doing all of these things for the Lord, but we're not spending time with him. And we have to have a good little heart check every now and then and ask ourselves, is this genuine? Are we being intentional with the Lord and spending time with him? Are we worshiping him genuinely? Does that make sense? It makes so sense. worship worship we we have to remember too it's that we mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> we, ha- we have to remember that we are not fighting 
we've already won. Like God's already won. So we need to be yes. fighting from a, from a place, of, yes. from a place of victory, from victory, not for victory. And I think that worship is one of the biggest ways we can do that. That's right. Worshiping. Yes. And spirit says now is the time that this uh, true worshipers have to worship in spirit yes. and in truth. That's right. um, that is so, that is so true. I'm going to go into the um, youth ministry now. Uh, <laughs> you, so um, being a, uh, uh, being a, over the youth ministry, I believe it was, I'm not sure if it was Jessica or Stephanie that said that you were part of the youth ministry and you loved it so much that you guys decided to stay there. You said mm-hmm. that, okay. Mm-hmm. So Stephanie, tell us a little bit about why you decided to stay in youth ministry and how um, being the wife of a youth minister, um, how that has like changed your life and how did you become part of that as well? Okay, wow, so many things. Mm-hmm. I personally felt the desire for youth ministry when I was 17 years old, when I was a youth. I remember just having this burden for the people around me. And God made it very clear one night that one day I'd be working with youth somehow. And of course, my husband, he'd been working on him as well. And so from the get-go, when we started dating, we both knew we wanted to be in youth ministry. We wanted to work with teenagers. We loved them. We knew that God had called us there. And so we jumped right in. And honestly, the only reason we haven't moved is God has not given us any desire to do anything else. My husband's had people ask, like, we're looking for a lead pastor. Will you come apply? And sometimes it's bigger places and bigger churches. And he's just, and this is what I love about him. He's loyal and he believes you don't move until God moves you. And so he (laughs) has people and said, no, I'm, I'm supposed to be here. And so he won't even, he won't even look at it because he knows that God has not moved us yet. And so that really is the reason he has kept this desire going in us to be with the youth. And it's funny because I know that sometimes my husband does struggle with, well, I'm getting older. Am I not relevant anymore? Because <laughs> he's going to be 40 next year. And he is one of the, he's the oldest youth minister, like in our city. <laughs> he gets together with these other guys and they're all super young. But I think just realizing, but God hasn't moved you on. He hasn't right. moved us on. He's not done with you. That's right. So like we're just, and Jessica was just at our house, like reminding him of that as well. Like we were all talking <laughs> about that. Like he's not done yet and it's okay. You're, we can be yes. in youth ministry as long as God says. And so that's what that's we're right. doing. The desire has not gone away. Well, and also remember that, like, I think that we do, like when Isaac said relevant, I think we have to remember that Jesus will always be relevant. That's right. That's (laughs) that's the biggest thing is like, we got to not, we it's, everything's become about the smoke. Everything's become about the lights and how big and grand it can be. But what remains is Jesus is relevant. It doesn't matter what we do. Jesus will bring the people, you know, and you just have to be that willing vessel. And I think that's why he's blessed your youth. He's blessed um, a youth full of disciples um, and making disciples because you just allow Jesus to move through y'all. Um, and he remains relevant. Even when you become old and gray, Isaac, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, and he said he called the youth because they're strong and the old because they know the way. And so I believe it's so important for like, I don't think your age it matters. Sometimes being around youth helps to keep you young. <laughs> and uh, so just 100%. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
And so just having to um, need that, having the need for that knowledge that he, that experience and age has brought him. And the fact that he can bring the age and the knowledge um, with, of his age, plus also be, God can give him a relevant way to train up the youth. Cause sometimes like, and when you're young and different things like that, um, you feel like you have to go all out to reach them in a certain way that's like relevant and what you think is relevant. And the thing about it is Jesus is the most relevant thing. And so I believe yeah. that's so important. I think that's a blessing um, mm -hmm. for him to um, be almost 40 and still over the um, youth department. I believe that's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. just the fact of his. His faithfulness and like, even though other opportunities come along, it's like the best opportunity is always where God needs you to be and not where you think is better. And exactly. so uh, yeah. the fact of him staying and just being prayerful about not not leaving when he felt like, you know, this isn't where God needs me to be. It's so important to obey God and whatever mm -hmm. it is that you do. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, Jessica, you're you're um, you're a uh, first lady of a church, correct? Yes. <laughs> okay. so what is what is that like and so like I'm, I'm pretty sure like you're made you do you are are you over like multiple ministries or like how is that for you and how do you honor God in that yeah um well first if there's any uh pastor wives lead pastor wives out there or just pastor wives in general know that even if I say that I lead ministries it doesn't mean that you need to lead a ministry so I just want I just want women out there to know that um because I think a lot of times comparison can play a factor and the enemy can get in and mess you up when that's not your calling. So even though it's my calling, it might not be yours. So just find your niche and your calling and what you are good at in your passions and giftings and allow the Lord to move, whether that's in discipleship one-on-one -on -one or if that's leading ministry. So just wanted to start with that because I, <laughs> I do lead a few ministries. Um, <laughs> I um, lead the, uh, my two main ones is I lead the missions ministry and the women's ministry of the church. Um, but I have these wonderful teams around me um, that we work together in everything. Um, and I also, you know, am in charge of the coffee bar. So that's, <laughs> and I'm in kids ministry, but um, I think that's about that it. Um, <laughs> it is. She's like, wait, just one more thing. <laughs> Um, and, you know, and we are a church plant. We're, we're not, I, I think, considered a church plant anymore, but we are a smaller church of about 150. And so, you know, a lot of times, actually for us, a lot of people are doing work and are serving, but there's still holes to be filled. And with who I am, I'm okay with filling those holes. But um, I also have learned how to step back when I just need to allow that hole not to be filled. Um, so someone else will step in because a lot of times if I'm too busy filling all the roles, then no one knows that anything's needed. And then I end up getting burned out and tired. So we need to be careful with that. Um, but for me, I absolutely love being on staff with my husband. I love being on staff with who uh, we have um, that I get to serve with. And missions is my heart. And women's women, women's has become my heart um, and just serving them and loving them. And that was like Stephanie said earlier, was not all the time. I did not like women for uh, most of my youth ministry because, you know, of teenagehood and the drama and the gossip. I was like, I don't want to go to anything women's ministry related ever. And also a lot of churches make it really boring. Um, so we need to do better at that churches that are listening. Um, so, 
um, the tea party's good, but if that's all you do in a year, it's just not going to bring everybody in. Um, so is finding what works for your community that you serve in. So anyways, um, yes, I do serve in some roles. I absolutely love it. Um, I prayed about those roles and God led me to those roles and I love doing what I'm doing. I love counseling. I love marriage counseling. I love people and love seeing them, you know, just be encouraged into their callings that they might not even know they have. Um, so I just love people. And so like, I, I get to do that every day and we get to do this and it's a beautiful thing. And I will absolutely tell you, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done as well. Um, it's not always easy and it's, it's hard and people don't respect your time and all of those things as well. Um, but, and it's really hard when people bash your husband or bash his preaching or, you know, just think they can tell you anything and that you ain't, that you don't want to slap them back for talking about your husband. Um, um, and I have to learn how to put a muzzle on my mouth. You know, Proverbs talks about that. Put a muzzle on your mouth. So, you know, I, I believe that the spiritual world can see a muzzle on my mouth a lot of the time because I'm praying for it. Um, but I do love it so, so much. So you gotta get that, um, get that, let that temperate fruit show. Yes, <laughs> Temperance. <Yeah. laughs> um, something that you said though, I've, I've never heard anyone. I never thought about it like this. You said that even though you saw different things that needed to be filled, uh, you still allow some holes to remain so that someone could know that that role needed to be filled. Yeah. And that gave, and I, that gave the opportunity for someone to know, uh, for God to deal with their heart concerning something that needed to be worked on. And I believe that that is, uh, that's another way of looking at something because sometimes we do get so busy in the role of just serving um, and we don't mind filling in the holes. And then it's like, you have to put, not only you have to put restraint also not only on your mouth, but sometimes in your service to, yeah. to God. And I never thought yeah. about it like that to allow yeah. him to touch someone else's heart, to mm -hmm. be able to fill that space that needs yeah. to be filled. Mm -hmm. um, that's a, I'm sorry. That just kind of, that blew my mind. I was like, you know what? That's a, that's a good way of looking at yeah. that. Yeah. Not word. only that, but if you feel something just because it needs to be filled, then you're keeping somebody else from walking in what God's calling them to do. This you one. know, and, and he has gifted us all with different things. And so like for me, like you don't want me in the kids ministry. You don't want me back there. That's not, that's not my gifting. That's not my calling, but somebody else has that gifting and calling. And so if I just step in, because I see that there's a role that needs to be filled, then I'm keeping somebody else from walking in what God's called them to do. Yeah. So that's right. That's awesome. That's an awesome way of looking at that. Um, and I'm going to um, let me let me just make sure that there aren't any other more questions. I feel like you guys answered um, them for the uh, most part. Um, and we're going to because we're going to go ahead and bring it to a close. But is there anything else that you would say to like encourage anyone um, as far as like uh, any something that maybe wasn't said, something that maybe you had to overcome a testimony that you would like to share before we get ready to bring this podcast to a close? No, you got something, Stephanie. <laughs> uh, I'll, while Stephanie's thinking, apparently I have something because they both looked at me with eyes. Like sometimes Jessica likes to um, pretend to be the Lord and look at me and say, you have something to share and you need to share it. <laughs> so that's what good friends do. I will give her I a saw moment. them eyeing you, so I was like, yeah. you had to have something. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. Well, it's funny because now that I'm saying all that, something just came to mind. Um, I'm actually headed to a retreat this weekend where I will be um, helping lead a small group of ministry leaders. And we are going to be talking 
about the importance of community. Awesome. And I would just say when you're in the ministry, and we kind of mentioned this before, but it can be very isolating and lonely. Um, we can do it to ourselves. We can st- put ourselves on that pedestal or up there with the stereotypes and kind of put the separation or put a wall up as some sort of like protection. Cause I literally was given the advice when I was young in ministry that you can't have friends in your church. And to me, that advice is actually very damaging. Um, when you are a leader, you have to be with your people. I mean, what did Jesus do? If he's the ultimate example, he had disciples he had other people. He went and just hung out with yeah. all the people, mm-hmm. the sinners, yeah. the whoever, like he went where they were and was chilling with them yeah. yeah, and spending time with them. And yes, calling them to a different life. But how can you call anybody if you're not like with them? Like, how can you lead someone if you're not with them, if you don't open up to them? And I know that some people will even say, well, you know what? You could get hurt or your husband could get hurt or they could use you. But you know what? Jesus had a couple of disciples that he chose that he knew would one deny him multiple times and another who would betray him, but he still chose them and he still built close relationships with them. And I would say that as leaders, we have to build relationships. We have to have them like community is so important. If we're following in Jesus footsteps, that's important. That is. I was, I mean, first of all, how long do you have? Um, I have a lot to say. Um, I'll try to do it in bullet points. Like things that come to my mind right this moment is just be teachable. Um, Always want to learn. I think a lot of times in ministry and as leaders, we can think that we have um, hit the, like we know everything and that we can't learn from just the members, but you've got to get off your pedestal and know that we can learn from each other and that we should always be learning until the day that we die. Um, And I just think that's pride if we don't allow that to happen. And then I would just say the other is stop being judgmental as a church. Um, I think that as a church, we have got to do better because with your judgment, that is not Jesus judgment, but just opinion judgment or you not learning to read scripture and know the truth that um, you are absolutely making the church look horrible and you're making Jesus <laughs> look worse. And so first of all, go back to scripture and start to dive deep into scripture and stop relying on the opinions of pastors that you've heard all your life and start digging in yourself and then stop being judgmental and love people where they're at Mm-hmm. And allow Jesus to change them and stop thinking you're the savior and you can change everyone because you can't. So move out of the way and allow the Lord to move in their hearts. And you just help be that discipler that can lead them and help them get closer to the Lord. Stop being judgmental. There are too many pastor wives and ministry leaders out doing a horrible job at it right now and pushing people out of the church right and left. And they don't even see that they're the problem because they have narcissistic tendencies and they've allowed insecurities to grab a hold of them. And we have to stop. We have to start fighting more together and stop doing it separately because we have to be unified. The enemy wants us separated, but we must be unified as a church and it's time to step up. That's right. That was good, Jessica. That was so good. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Do you have anything to add to or 
Uh, well, that was like some mic dropping over there. Um, but I would just I say, like, oh. if I could tell anybody anything, because I know that there's people out there like me mm-hmm. who have dealt with the insecurities and in what God has called you to. And I just want to let you know that God might be calling you to something that feels, you know, scary. And you're like, oh, well, I, I can't do that. Like, God's not going to use me through that. Um, yes, he will. <laughs> he will. He will. <laughs> so trust him, accept that calling and do it even if you're scared, because he will use you as long as you are spending time with him and you are asking him to speak through you. So do it scared. Because it's when you are uncomfortable and when you decide to step out of that tiny little box that you want to stay in, that he will move and move in mighty ways. That's awesome. He will. It's like you got to do it. Joyce Meyer wrote a book called Do It Afraid. Mm. (laughs) And so sometimes you do. You do have to step outside of that box in that comfort zone. Yeah, because um, God will definitely uh, push you out of it, <laughs> yes, he will. and you can't go back into that shell. You cannot, yes. even though it's tempting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys for joining me here on the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. And uh, where can they listen to your podcast? At Pastors Wives Tell Tell All. I know you're on social media. We are, and <laughs> yeah, you can definitely find us on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. Actually, we feel super hip when we're on TikTok. <laughs> um, <laughs> And you can find us at Pastors Wives Tell All. Um, we also have a website, pastorswivestellall.com. And you can listen to the podcast, which is called Pastors Wives Tell All. <laughs> and you can find it on all the places like Apple um, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and even on our website. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. go find us. Yeah. Yeah, we love you, friends. Thank you so much for having us on. Yes. Your questions were so great. It was, you just make it very comfortable and it's, we love, we love being interviewed. It's just fun. It's like, man, we just need some coffee and just getting to know new friends. So you've been amazing as well. So thank you so much. You guys have too. I've I've enjoyed your testimonies and what you've shared. I'm so glad that you decided to do the interview with me. Would any of you like to close out in prayer? Someone wants to. to (laughs) Okay. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to just chat with our new friend, Stacy. Um, I thank you that you have just been teaching us so much over these past few years of ministry and this podcast. I pray right now that this episode would go out to the exact people who need it and whoever's listening, if they are hurting, if they are confused or just whatever is going on, I pray that um, these words will uplift them that they would go out stronger Mm -hmm. and they would be able to serve you well. Lord, we just love you and just thank you so much for how good you are to us, even when we don't deserve it. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Again, thank you guys so much. And everyone, um, I hope and pray that you would tune in back in for the next episode. And remember to always go forward and be blessed. Hello, everyone. This is Lynn Stacy with the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If it's been a blessing to you, remember to like, subscribe, and share the page. You can follow me at Lynn Stacy Studios on Instagram and Facebook.